Welcome to Mount Ararat Podcast. I'm your host, Adam LaBelle. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to Mount Ararat, episode 13. As always, I'm your host, Adam LaBelle of the NOAA Network. You can find us here on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. We are everywhere. And we talk pro wrestling, Noah. Wrestling done right. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. I am still recovering from the flu or something that I've had for about a week. And I'm majorly over it for the most part, but my energy level is still low. And I'm doing a lot of sleeping and still some coughing <clears throat> lightly, but don't really have a cough button. So bear with me. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try to be a little quicker than normal. Because this is like the second or third time I've started to record, and I'm not feeling it. Now, it has nothing to do with the wrestling of Pro Wrestling Noah. I'm still thankful to have that in our lives, because there's so good a little wrestling out there. But I need to get this done. I need to suck it up and do the best I can. Please bear with me. I don't want to be one of those boring YouTube guys. Nothing worse than looking up a video about a subject or something going on out there in the world and or a tv show that you like and watching a video and the guy the girl the team what have you that's bringing it to you is boring as hell you know they're just not good talkers they have no energy they have no charisma they have nothing and i don't want to be one of those and i worry that i'm going to lean that way this week because of how i've been feeling so those of you who stick with me i appreciate it Let's jump into the May 4th show is where we're going first from Korak and Hall, the Dream On show. And there were two of them. There's one on the 4th and one on the 5th. Well, of course, we're starting with the 4th. Uh, but before we do, I need to address a couple things. First of all, yes, Nosawa Rongai is no longer with Pro Wrestling Noah. And out the door with him went Paris Demol. We will still cover their matches here. But they're of little importance. To waste a lot of time. On a review of a Paris de Mal de Hopon match really is pointless. And this has nothing to do with me being angry with them or upset or anything like that. These things happen. Uh, yes, Noah's going to have a new booker now. No, I don't care who it is unless they show me that they don't know what they're doing or they book Noah in a way that I don't enjoy it anymore, which I certainly can't imagine that happening. But we'll have to wait and see. And I will miss Takano who I believe is an amazing wrestler and was on his way to the top of the card here quickly in Pro Wrestling Noah, but he's now gone as well. Katoro Suzuki, probably the best pure wrestler in all of Paris de Mont. He's gone as well, and that's just sad. But that's how it is, I guess. There are rumors that other guys are going to be leaving like Yohei. I don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'll have to wait and see. If there's one thing I've learned through this ordeal of um, Nosawa and Paris Demol leaving Pro Wrestling Noah, is that trying to find deep inside information about this company is pretty tough. Yeah, uh, Voices of Wrestling claims to know a lot. They have a podcast they want you to pay for, which I would never do. I'm never paying for a pro wrestling. I'm not going to pay for Conrad Thompson and his world-famous wrestlers and wrestling personalities. Why in the world am I going to pay for a bunch of jabronis that just run a pro wrestling website? I'm not. And even if 
someone gave it to me for free. I, I don't know that I trust these guys. Like, how would these group of guys know anything going on behind the scenes in pro wrestling, Noah? No, thank you. But Dave Melter doesn't cover it. Not that I really care about that either, because I don't like that clown either. But ultimately, take Hisami's view is that it doesn't really matter. You know, you're either on the arc, sailing along, or you're not. And I'm on it. And we'll see how the voyage goes now that Nosawa and Parastamal are no longer part of the company. Now let's jump into match number one. Match number one from May 4th, Korekin Hall, was Simon Gotch versus Kenya Okada. Short but effective match. Kenya Okada gets a lot of experience, comes in here looking good like he always does, but not good enough which is almost always the case. But you can't expect, surely you couldn't expect, Kenya Okada to come in here and defeat Simon Gotch. There, there's no way that was going to happen. Gotch had faced uh, Funaki and just looked incredible at it, um, hung with him like very few can and have. Uh, did come up on the short end of the stick here, but in the same way, Gotch dominated Okada here. Pretty much took control of this kid, rode him around the mat, like a horse. <laughs> I mean, just, just rode him into the ground, controlled him without a problem. Kenya Okada got some offense in, but not much in the four minute and 58 second match, which saw Simon Gotch win and stand tall. Second match of the night was the unit that is no longer with us, that has moved on to Dragon Gate. That's Paros, Delmal, Dehapon, Nosawa, Takano Jr., and Super Crazy taking on Alejandro, Kai Fujimura and Yasu Takayano. This match was another short one, less than five minutes, a little less than Okada versus Gotch, which is saying something. And the star of this show was the guy I promised you all would be a star as soon as they brought him in, Takano Jr. Takano Jr. dominated Alejandro, Fujimura, and Yano. There's no other words to say it. He took control of this match Easily controlled all of those guys. Had a little help from Nosawa and Super Crazy, but didn't need much. He did use his bull rope. Of course, he's going to cheat because he's part of Paris Del Mall, and that's what they do. But he certainly didn't have to. He just did it because he wanted to. And controlled this match, took those guys down, and won it for Paris Del Mall. Again, no point lingering on a Paris Del Mall match. They're not here to wrestle anybody else going into the future. So I'm not going to waste your or my time analyzing much of what they did on this show. There isn't much to analyze in this match anyway, honestly. Now, don't get me wrong. Alejandro, Fujimura, and Yano are great wrestlers, like always. But here, Takano Jr. came in, controlled them, rode them into the ground, defeated them, win Paris Demo. Match three was a match I wanted to love because it had two of my favorites in it. Congo members, Keno and Masakatsu Funaki. Took on Slex, another one of my favorites, one of my favorite guy jeans coming back into Noah. But his partner was that bastard, Kendo Cashin. I, I, look, guys, <laughs> I'm going to come across like a guy that doesn't love Noah the way he does on the show I've, and didn't love this show. And I did. I really enjoyed this show. But this wasn't for me. I I watched the match, don't get me wrong. But as soon as you take, you take three amazing wrestlers like Keno, Funaki, and Slex. And you sprinkle in a little kendo cash and you've just ruined the meal. You know what I mean? You've just taken something that would have been wonderful and turned it into some kind of goofy 
parody of a wrestling match where of course we got the little dance in the beginning with slacks and kendo cash and putting on the sunglasses and that's a slacks thing so i got over that but watching the masked old machine or whatever he's calling himself these days kendo cash and jump around with slacks was just took something away from that when slacks does it it comes across like an arrogant cocky heel uh, you know showing you that he's the man right and comes across like some kind of Funny, haha, poke you in the ribs, laugh at the funny wrestlers. Not really my thing. And against Funaki and Keno, you know, coming out acting like clowns, it just seems like a horrible mistake. It seems like anybody with an ounce of sense wouldn't do that. But again, this is normally a slex thing, which I don't crap on, right? But watching Kendo Cash and do it just took away from it completely. Um, the match was what it was. It was a lot of Kendo Cash and taking Funaki up to the balcony and trying to throw him off. I, I don't know what's entertaining about that. I don't know what's fun about that. I don't know what, it's not wrestling done right. Funaki is one of the greatest wrestlers on God's earth. So watching him participate in this nonsense is just almost cringeworthy to me. Um, Keno hates it. That's one reason I love Keno is he really comes across like he legitimately hates stupidity in wrestling. But here he's a big part of it thanks to Kendo Cashin. And in the end, Keno defeats Slex because, you know, the goofy old man machine, Kendo Cashin's too busy fighting in the crowd and up in the balcony with Funaki than he is to bother wrestling. And, they, I mean, they can't wrestle because Funaki would just embarrass him. Funaki would tie him up like a pretzel and make him tap out probably in under three minutes. So a way to make this match last, which I, we didn't really need it to last, let, let Funaki beat the shit out of Kendo Cash and pin him and end it. But instead, they played around upstairs while Keno pins Slex. I mean, that's another negative to me about this match. If someone's going to eat a pin here, it should be Cashin. Not your hot guy Gene who's coming in looking like a million bucks. Of course, Keno beats Slex. I mean, I would like to see that singles match. I think it'd be very good. I think Keno wins probably four out of five times, but at least it would have been a great match. Here, it was just a constant distraction with Kendo Cashin and his nonsense. But Keno wins with the PFS on Slex in about 11 minutes in a match that I just could have done without on a show that I liked overall. But again, just... Why does Kendo Cashin got to be on these shows doing the same stupid stuff all the time? Give me somebody else, okay? Give me somebody. I don't need comic relief. Some people say, oh, they need comic relief in the midst of such a serious show that Noah usually puts on. I don't. It's just cringeworthy. Sorry. Match four were the Congo Juniors, Tadasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hiruki taking on the invading guy Jeans. Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, and Extreme Tiger. Now, I have to give Bane, Wolf, and Tiger credit here. They toned down the high flying. They still utilized it without going into the commentary tables and without over-reliance upon it. Here, they worked a more grounded wrestling match, and I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, and Extreme Tiger. Although Extreme Tiger had already shown me he could do that beyond a shadow of a doubt. 
Bane and Wolf show me they're capable of it. So when they wrestle again, I want to see more matches like that. I want to see more matches like this out of these three. Matches that are more Noah's style. And you can throw in your leaping and your flying a little bit. You, you can work it. Ninja Mac's good at working it in. Um, Extreme Tiger's good at working it in. And here, all three of these guys worked it in well. I think the problem with this match was Hiruki. Hiruki is distracted. Hiruki is not himself. Since losing the match to How and having to shave his head and go back to the Hiruki name, he's not himself, and he wasn't himself here, and that cost Congo this matchup. He just didn't have the intensity here. Watching Dragging Bane and Tadasuke go at it was very interesting. I think um, Alpha Wolf and Ohara was great, and Extreme Tiger pretty much was the standout of this match again, in my opinion. Now, Dragon Bane is a big guy. I mean, for being a luchador and, and a diver that he is, he's a pretty decent-sized guy. So watching him and Tadasuke in a singles match would be very good. Um, <clears throat> but the, with Hiroki lacking intensity and not really seeming to focus, he lost the match as Alpha Wolf hit the Night Wolf on him in around the 10-minute mark. It's another short match. A lot of these matches, and I'm not complaining. I'm not one of these guys who need 15, 20, 25 minute matches from top to bottom of a card. Not at all. But some of these surprise me. I, I feel like the Congo Juniors need to get it together a little bit more. I think they're an amazing team, an amazing threesome. No doubt about that. And we can only blame Hiruki's loss to Hal for so long until you really start questioning what's going on with them. And... It's Congo. What's going on with Congo, period? They're not looking good as of late at all. And I really question what's going on. But the luchadors, the guy jeans come in and get a big win here. Now, before the fifth match started, the N1 victory tournament was advertised. Um, opening night at Budokan, and they will finish in Osaka in early September. So we got August and September set aside for the N1 Victory Tournament. For those of you that aren't familiar with it, if you're familiar with the G1 Climax in New Japan Pro Wrestling, this is Pro Wrestling Noah's version of it. A great tournament that should show us amazing matches, and the winner will be a big, giant deal. I cannot wait for this show. I cannot wait for these matches. These are going to be highlight and example of why Pro Wrestling Noah is wrestling done right. I guarantee it. Moving ahead to match five was Congo. Once again, we're talking about Katsuhika Nakajima and Manabu Soya. Interesting team. Don't see that tag team too often. Not, the, not in my recollection. And they took on Michael Elgin and Masa Kitamiya, who are on fire and look like one of the best tag teams in all of pro wrestling, Noah, already. I mean, when those two faced off and decided to start teaming up, that lit my eyes afire because I knew I knew the kind of team they could be, and that's the kind of team they are. They come in here, dominate, throw guys around, and play no games. But they're facing Nakajima and Soya. Now, my first thought was that the enforcer of Congo, Manabu Soya, would, would lose this matchup for his team. Look, as good as Soya is, as tough as he is, as strong as he is, as much as he gets in the face of, of Michael Elgin and have a stare down and it looks as serious as can be, he just doesn't win very much, and he definitely doesn't win the big matches. But here we can't insult Soya because he did not lose here. This match was very entertaining and very good, under 10 minutes. But Elgin and Kitamiya were the stars here, and there was no doubt about that. 
They didn't dominate this match, but they never once looked like they were in peril. They never once looked like they were in trouble of in danger of losing. And not only did they get the win here, Katsuhika Nakajima loses again. He eats the pin. Michael Elgin defeats him after a buckle bomb and an Elgin bomb and just pins the former GHC heavyweight, two-time heavyweight champion. I, I don't know what's going on. Now, don't get me wrong. Elgin and Kitamiya can beat anybody. And there's no shock. And there, I don't want to hear any more turds in the punch bowl moaning about Michael Elgin. I mean, thank you to the Japanese audience who have accepted this man and really seem to enjoy his matches. But the American turds in the Noah Punch Bowl, who's just got to continue to focus on this man with negative energy. God, it's getting tiresome, guys. It's I've already muted a lot of you on Twitter. I'm not interested in hearing your opinion about that anymore. It's just old but Michael Elgin get, pins Nakajima, and a lot of people are losing their mind. Why not? Everyone's pinning Nakajima. I feel like if I signed a Noah contract, I'd probably get to pin Nakajima. I think that's just how it works now. You come into pro wrestling, no, you get to pin Nakajima. Everyone else has. I mean, Nakajima, since losing the title, has been an afterthought to pro wrestling, no. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know why that is, but it's a simple fact. And here he gets beat again, and it's just no longer shocking. I mean, it's disappointing, and not because it's Elgin. I don't want to see Nakajima lose. I feel like Soya should have been the one who lost here, but not only did he not lose, he carries Nakajima out as if, you know, the man couldn't walk on his own. Really, shocker, not the end of this match to me, because I Michael Elgin's a former Ring of Honor world champion. He's not a guy to mess around with, and it doesn't matter whether you like him or not. Him pinning Nakajima isn't incredibly shocking to me. It's the fact that Nakajima just keeps getting pinned by everybody that's shocking to me. And he seems to be an afterthought to this company as of late, and I wish I knew why. I wish I could get some news on that somehow. But I don't know what's going on with him. But big win for Elgin and Kitamiya as they move closer and closer to the Tag Team Championship, and I wouldn't be shocked if they win them because they're damn good. Damn good. Match number six was a wild one. We had Stinger, consisting of Hayata, Yoshiniri Ogawa, Chris Ridgway, Siki Yoshioka, and Yuyu Susuma, taking on the Noah Jr. regulars, Daisuke Harada, Atsushi Katogi, Yohei, Hal, and Junta Miyawaki. I mean, who needs Paris Demol when you have these two factions going at each other, because that's what it reminded you of. After Stinger actually came into the match and posed, posed for a pre-match photo opportunity. I loved it because you just don't get that chance very often. Ogua seemed deleted. He, he, he caught the group together. They held up their titles and posed for a picture. I loved it. I saved that and I'll use it a lot because it's a, they are a great faction. And, but right after that, a huge brawl ensued. Uh, here we go, off to the races. Um, the Noah Jr. regulars just attack them. They do let them get their, their photo opportunity and then instantly start attacking them. But I thought we were watching Congo for a minute, but I loved it. Um, and this match was wild. It was all over the place, brawling back and forth. It did settle down into an eventual wrestling match, which Stinger controlled. Stinger is 
arguably the best faction in this company. I mean, they are outshining Congo by a mile. Um, Paris de Mall, now gone. The Segura army took a hit, takes a hit at the end of the show, a little bit. And they just really seem to be the men in this company. And they get the big win here when Yoshioka hits a buzzsaw kick on Yohei around the 13-minute mark. And I think Yoshioka and Susumu have been looking great. Although they're two guys without a title in this faction. And that came out to haunt everybody. Because at the end of this match, as Ridgeway and Ogawa are mouthing off, basically saying they need opponents, you know, who they're willing to fight anybody for their newly won junior tag team titles. They're attacked by, you saw it if you were watching, Susumu and Yoshioka, their partners, the guys they just posed in that, <laughs> in that pre-match picture with. I mean, being familiar with Stinger and friendly with Isami, thankfully, I understand that this does not break the faction up. I mean, you see this anywhere else in wrestling. We're talking about a faction that doesn't exist anymore or guys are kicked out of it. But no, not in Stinger. They're just such tough bastards that they can attack each other and beat each other up and it's okay. It's sort of what Ogawa seems to expect. It sort of seems to be what Ogawa wants you to do if, in order to take you seriously. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that, that's the way it is. Uh, Susumu and Yoshioka are not out of Stinger. They are not. They are trying to sway Hayata to be on their side here. And I don't know what side he'll take. I don't know if he really needs to take any side in this situation. But we've now got an inner war amongst Stinger, and it, it is not. they're not breaking up. There, nobody's getting booted from the unit, as far as I understand and can see, and from Ogawa's comments. I mean, they're just not... It's just not happening. And we're about to see who the best junior tag team champions are. But I'm telling you, Susumu and Yoshioka looking like they're willing to go the extra mile. Looking like heels, if you will. More heels than Ridgeway and Ogawa are. And that's they're going to be tough to overcome. I mean, they're, they're just developed this attitude that they want titles back that they never lost. They had to give them up back when Yoshioka was injured. And now they want the titles back. And this is going to be an amazing show to see what goes on. What do you think about this? What do you think about an inner squabble? An inner, I mean, not just a squabble. This is a brawl. This is knockdown, dragout stuff. Um, one comment was, hey, there is no rule that the same team shouldn't challenge, right? Uh, Susumu said this. Myself and Yoshioka will get the belts back that we had to return. And that's what it's about. So we'll see where the inner fighting amongst the Stinger faction takes us. Interesting stuff. Next match was one I've been looking forward to. Kaito Kiyomiya versus Ninja Mac. Now, I have mentioned this on past shows. I'm going to throw it up here again one more time. I've had some discussions on social media with Ninja Mac more than once. When Noah first announced this guy, I knew nothing about him. And assumed that he would just be another leaping, flipping, high-flying guy that I could do without. Ninja Mac saw those comments and promised me that wouldn't be the case. Now, look, I got to give this kid credit. Well, he's not a kid. I think he's in his 30s. Got to give this man credit. Most guys, most American wrestlers, those of you that aren't familiar with American wrestlers, are hypersensitive crybabies. Okay, I have had grown men 
lose their mind because I have negatively reviewed one of their matches. I've had grown men cry, moan, pout, call for me to be blacklisted. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all kinds of nonsense. Companies tell me not to come back to their shows because I didn't like it or I didn't like one of the matches. Uh, ridiculous stuff. And here in Ninja Mac, and I didn't really insult them. I was just like, eh, we'll see what this is about. And here, instead of taking offense to that, he just said, hey, just wait and see, man. Wait and see what I can do and know. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'll do that. I'll keep an eye on this guy. Rather than just sort of roll my eyes and move along down the road. And the first match he was in in pro wrestling, no, it wasn't for me. All flips, all dives, leaps, jumps, my biggest concern. But I still hung with him because I thought, okay, all right. This clearly was the style of match Noah wanted here, that threesome, okay, him and Bane and Wolf, right? It clearly looked to be what, what the company wanted. They wanted the high-flying, everything's wild, AEW TV style match. So I just said it wasn't for me and, and moved along. And as soon as I saw this matchup, I thought, here we go. Here we go. Here's this guy that's going to show me he's legit, and that's exactly what he did. Ninja Mac, with his high-flying and his martial arts moves, which he's very... See, if you're going to be ninja, you better be damn good at this shit. Okay? And I don't mean just jumping and diving. Tons of people can jump and dive. I'm talking about the martial arts presentation, and this guy has it down. This guy is believable. This guy looks like a black belt. This guy wrestles like he's a ninja. Believably. Look, I'm going to throw this out here, and, and some of you are going to shake your head. Some of you are going to say that Lavelle guy is crazy, doesn't know what he's talking about. But bear with me and let me explain what I'm about to say. Ninja Mac reminds me of the Great Muda. Bear with me. I'm not comparing the man under that mask to Keiji Muto. It's not what I'm doing. But when I was a young teenager, I don't remember, I don't what, 86, 87? I don't know what year. I don't remember the year that the great Muda debuted for Jim Crockett Promotions. But it was right around in there somewhere. 85, 86, 87, somewhere in there. I do not have the savant wrestling memory like some guys do. I don't. But I remember when he, I remember it. I remember him coming in with that hood, taking it off and having that painted face and doing those moves. I remember it. And I remember calling friends and I remember telling my dad about it. I remember, I don't know who this great Muda is, but he impresses the hell out of me. This is how Ninja Mac reminds me of him. Not that they're carbon copies, not that Ninja Mac's going to be as big of a star as Keiji Muto. But when I first saw the Great Muda is how Ninja Mac made me feel in this match. And that's damn impressive. Now, again, uh, their styles aren't even super close. But just their presentation, just the believability that this guy who works like a ninja is legit. That's how Muda made me feel. And I love this for the same reason. Now, Muda won that debut and... Kiyomiya comes back with the Tiger Suplex and defeats Ninja Mac after a very tough match. I mean, Kaito Kiyomiya, I don't know if he's ever wrestled anybody like this. And he really had to pull out all the stops in just, just under 10 minutes to win this. And it was impressive. It was an impressive win for Kiyomiya, but it was an impressive singles debut for Ninja Mac. 
And this is the kind of stuff Noah needs to show us with Ninja Mac again and again. I don't want to see a bunch of mixed tags. I don't. This guy is too valuable to be wasting away in a bunch of mixed tag team matches. Get this guy in as many singles matches as you can. Great stuff. Match 8 from the May 4th show from Korakuen Hall was Goji Ozaki, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura taking on Satoshi Kojima, Naomichi Marafuji. I don't know why I struggle with Marafuji's first name. I really don't. And Masato Tanaka. Now, this was a good matchup. It was a preview. Wanted to show us what Shiozaki versus Kojima might look like when they get together. And that's what this really was about. But Daiki Inaba, anytime he's in there against Marafuji, it is lightning in a bottle. They really have something. So does Tanaka and Inamura, who have been facing off against each other for some time now. With Tanaka going on and on about how Inamura continues to get better. And he continued to get better here as well. Uh, just looked really good. I'm a big fan of um, Inamura myself. Uh, Daiki Inaba has been coming on strong, although I think he has taken a step back or two as of late. And Marufuji is always money. And this went back and forth. This is a very solid matchup. It was one of the longer matches on the show, at uh, almost 15 minutes long. And amazingly, Kojima... Nails a lariat on Goji Ozaki at the 14-minute match and gets the pin. So Kojima's coming in from New Japan looking better than he ever has. And you guys know me by now. You know I'm not a big fan of calling this guy a dad. You know I'm not a big fan of taking the guys that are in their 40s or older and instantly acting like they aren't worth the time. You know, I'm not a fan of Pro Wrestling Noah fans that like to go on and on about the guys being too old. When really, they're only talking about Muto and, and Fujita. Honestly, when you pin people down that bitch and moan about old guys, that's what they'll end up telling you. Because you can't deny, I mean, Goji Ozaki's not old, but I don't know if they lump him in there. Kojima is still an amazing worker and wrestler, as you saw in this matchup. Marafuji's incredible. Segura's incredible. I mean, there's nobody. Funaki is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So really, when you try to pin these guys down, it's difficult. Because they just want to whine and complain about old men. But then when you try to pin them down about who's bad, who, what old men are bad in pro wrestling Noah... They only have Muto, who isn't bad, but he's slow and has bad knees and hips. So, yeah, okay. And Fujita, who isn't bad, but has a bad reputation, so they don't like him. Whatever. Uh, this matchup was what it was. It was entertaining. It was fun. It was back and forth. Uh, really enjoyable. And it was an opportunity for Kojima to get a pin on Giozaki, which he does, so we can focus on their singles match for the GHC heavyweight title going forward. Um, good match. It didn't light the world on fire for me. It wasn't my favorite match of the night. I mean, it's coming off of uh, Ninja Mac and Kiyomiya. This should have been up there ahead of this. And what well, is, in my opinion. And there's nothing wrong with this match. It was fine. It was your typical six-man matchup in pro wrestling now. Or was it six, right? One, two, three. Yeah. Three versus three. Um, again, guys, I feel like how I feel sort of worn down is taking away from my presentation this week, and I apologize. But a uh, big win for Kojima pinning Goji Ozaki here. Main event time, match nine from May 4th, Kurikan Hall show. The Segura Army 
Takashi Segura and Hideki Suzuki defending the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against the Los Mexicanas, Rene Dupree and Alhijo de Dr. Wagner Jr. Now this is an inner squabble. This is similar to the Stinger inner squabble, but nowhere near as volatile. Holy cow, that's what shocks me about Stinger, jumping back to that real quick. I mean, those guys legit seem to hate each other. I mean, but they are, but they say they don't, and the faction's still holding together. But they wrestle and fight and, and interact with each other as if they can't stand each other, as if they hate each other's guts and want to kill each other. You don't see that from Segura and Suzuki versus Dupree and Wagner Jr. You just don't. It's more of a respectable, hey, shake our hands and let's, let's challenge each other for the heavyweight tag team titles. And now the point here was that Rene Dupree and Alhijo de Dr. Wagner Jr., that is such a mouthful. And I'm pretty sure it means the son of Dr. Wagner Jr., so this is Dr. Wagner Jr. Jr. <laughs> but the point here is that Wagner Jr. and Dupree never lost the GHC heavyweight tag titles uh, a year or two ago after they had to relinquish them due to the COVID restrictions. They couldn't come into the country, so they had to give up the titles, and they bounced around between a couple teams since then, and they've returned, and they want the titles back. And this was a good fight. This was honestly... I'm not surprised at the outcome. I'm not surprised that Dupree and Wagner Jr. win the titles that they beat Zagura and Suzuki, but in a way, I am. Uh, I don't know how to explain that. I, I mean, Dupree and Wagner Jr. are good and they're solid, but how they, they work together outside the country since they gave up the tag titles? I mean, Zagura and Suzuki won that mini tournament for these titles, beating some of the best teams in the world. I mean, really coming in there, controlling that tournament, winning the titles. Then defending them against Nakajima and Keno, an incredible team in and of its own right, to have Dupree and Wagner Jr. return, who I don't think teamed together outside Noah since the since they departed, I don't think. Not in any kind of remarkable, like, oh, did you see this match way? And they come in and defeat their fellow Segura Army members, Takashi Segura and Hideki Suzuki? And Segura took the loss at the 18-minute mark from a moonsault from Elhijo Del Dr. Wagner Jr., whose name I almost exhaust me saying. And I'm not making fun of the guys, just a fact. Um, good matchup, solid matchup, respectable matchup. What you want to see when you're fighting for titles like the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, no gaga, no nonsense, no stupidity. Just straight up, solid, great, professional tag team wrestling match. That's all the former champs regain their titles and end the show as your new tag team champions. And of course, their next challengers are going to be Michael Elgin and Masa Kitamiya. And that is going to be must-see. Uh, it's rare to see tag team champions or any champion lose their title in their first defense, so I don't know what to make of that. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Elgin and Kitamiya could do it. Uh, we'll talk about that match in previews coming up when we get to it. But this was a very solid show. I enjoyed this show very much. The match of the night to me was Kitamiya versus Ninja Mac. And honestly, nothing else was even that close. I guess the second match would have been this one, the tag team championship match. Very solid, very good, very respectable matchup between um, faction members. But again, Kitamiya versus Ninja Mac was the match for me and the kind of thing I want to see more and more of. 
Uh, we'll come back here momentarily to review the second night, May 5th from Correcan Hall in just a minute. Hey guys, we are back for the next segment of Mount Ararat Podcast, episode 13. We're talking about night two from Corican Hall, May 5th. We're going to jump right into it. Again, bear with me, guys, if you're just, I'm separating these segments also on YouTube, you know, so people want to watch certain segments and not others or what have you. So if you're starting with this segment by chance or only watching this segment, I haven't felt well for a week. I feel like it's reflecting and how I'm reviewing these shows and I apologize, but I am doing my best to at least get them out there. Okay, I'll be back to my regular self shortly by next week. Match one from night two, May 5th from Corican Hall was Slex versus Kenya Okada. Again, Slex coming in here as a guy, Gene, looking hot, looking uh, on fire. Uh, he did lose his last match from the fourth and a tag team matchup. He was pinned by Keno here. He is back in the winner's circle as he beats Kenya Okada. One of the best parts of this match was actually when Kenya Okada got Slex's sunglasses, put them on, and wrestled with them on. I mean, normally Okada is not flashy or showy in any way, shape, or form, so to see him do something like that was quite amusing and interesting. But it didn't do anything for him, other than give him the experience of wrestling a very good guy, Gene and Slex. Slex gets the win in about six and a half minutes with the business bomb. Slex is now departing Noah. He will be back at a later date, I'm sure. Uh, this is an awful short run for these guy jeans, in my opinion. But at least they got their experience and got their time in. And hopefully we see a lot more Slex. Good opening matchup. Good work by Okada, but not enough to win the match, of course. Slex your winner. Match two from night two, May 5th from Corakin Hall, was the Noah Jr. regulars, Katogi and Howe, taking on the now no longer with pro wrestling Noah, Paris Demol de Japon, Takano Jr., and Super Crazy. Once again, guys, the theme here was Takano Jr. Again, it's sad that he had to be part of the group that left the company because this guy was on his way to the top. He controls Katogi and how here, especially how, really meaning Takano Jr. wins the match. Not a lot to talk about because these guys aren't here anymore. It was a nine-minute match, so you know how and Katogi put up a hell of a fight. But Takano Jr. is not to be messed with. He wins the matchup for him in Super Crazy, and there's no reason to go on and on about it because Paris Demol isn't part of Noah anymore. Uh, hopefully, Hal and Katogi can move forward here and get a win because they need one after this loss. That's for sure. Next up was Congo, that meaning Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hiroki. And again, I complained about this when I previewed this on the last Mount Ararat podcast, episode 12, because I just feel like Nakajima, I mean, he just, he's fallen down the card. Now he's here he is early in the show, teaming with one of his juniors who has been on a losing streak and just doesn't seem altogether with it since losing his hair to Hal, against the Funky Express, who haven't done anything in weeks. We're talking about King Tani and Muhammad Yone, and Sting stayed the same here. If there's one thing I'll say is that, is that Yone deserves better than this tag team. Yone is damn good. Yone is strong. Yone is legit. Now, yes, you know, you see that big afro and you think, who's this guy, right? If you're new to Noah, you're going to see this guy and think, okay. 
But trust me, this guy is as legit as they come. And he showed us that in this matchup. King Tani, again, I feel has been holding this team down. Something seems to be missing with him. He's a big, strong guy as well, but is often on the losing end for this team. And boy, did Nakajima need a win here. Thankfully, he gets it with a vertical spike on King Tani in about just shy of the nine-minute mark. And that's not going to set the world on fire. And it was actually overshadowed by something going on between Tani and Yoni. We wasn't exactly sure. We weren't exactly sure what it was during this matchup, but there was clearly something. I'm not talking a fight, but there was some kind of conversation. They shook hands after they're lost and, and, and walked out. But you really felt like there was some communication going on there. And there was. Comes to find out that King Tani has told Muhammad Yone here that he was done with the Funky Express, that he was done being King Tani, and that he was going to go back to um, who he once was. And I got to look at my notes here to remember what that name was. Shuhi Tanaguchi, which I have watched Noah over the years. Okay, I did. I watched it regularly for some time. I lost the ability to find the matches. I stopped watching it because I couldn't watch it. And I do remember Tanaguchi. I do remember we had like a giant mariner fork or something, which some fans are calling him to bring that back. I'm not looking forward to that goofiness if that's what he does. Um, but the Funky Express is no more. It's now Muhammad Yone on his own. I, I mean, I don't know what's up with the team. They do have that the third member, right? But I think the Funky Express is done. King Tani going back to Shuhei, Shuhei, Tanaguchi. Again, got to get with Hisami or somebody to teach me how to say that first name. And they overshadowed Nakajima getting a, a win for the first time in what feels like forever. But this was interesting. Very good to see Congo get a win, but interested to see what Taniguchi can do going forward from here. Match four from night two from Korakuen Hall, May 5th, was Stinger at uh, being Hayata, Siki Yoshioka, and Yu Susumu. Now that's interesting. Does that mean Hayata is siding with them in their battle against Ridgeway and Ogawa? We'll have to see. Uh, and Stinger here took on Kai Fujimura, Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro. I feel like I'm missing somebody there. Stinger, Hayata, Sioka Yoshioka, Seiki Yoshioka, and Yuya Susuma, and Kai Fujimura against Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro. Alejandro really stuck out here. Alejandro, the least experienced. Alejandro, the young guy. Um, I'm sorry, not Alejandro. Again, guys, this is still recovering from whatever I had is messing me up. It's messing me up. I apologize. Alejandro did fine, but sticking out here was Kai Fujimura, the youngest guy out of everybody in this match, really was the star of this match. He really looked solid, even though he ate the pin at around the nine-minute mark from Dragon Bane. Um, my opinion is Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Extreme, and Extreme Tiger are very good, but I really would have liked to have seen all of them in some more singles matches. It seems like almost every time they were out here for Pro Wrestling Noah, it was a six-man, eight-man tag team matchup. Nothing wrong with that. This match was fine. And again, um, Kai Fujimura takes the loss, but really looked good, really showed that he could hang with all of these guys, which is impressive. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Fujimura and Alejandro get back together as a tag team. I want to see that. They were, they were on pace to look like they were headed 
for a junior championship shot eventually if they kept things up. So I want to see them get back together. This was the last night on the tour for the guy jeans for um, Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf. Um, I don't believe, I think Extreme Tiger's probably staying because he's going to get a junior junior title shot. And um, that's what happened at the end of this matchup. Um, again, Dragon Bane and his guys win the matchup. Uh, Extreme Tiger challenges Hayata for the junior title. Hayata comes in, holds the title in Extreme Tiger's face, basically confirming that they will have this matchup. So that's going to be interesting. The fifth match of the night two show from Korakuen Hall on May 5th was Marafuji teaming with Yohei and Ninja Mac to take on Congo, that being Keno, Tadasuke, and Hajime Ohara. Now, one of the best parts of this, honestly, wasn't the wrestling, as good as that was, don't get me wrong, but Marafuji, Yohei, and Ninja Mac did a pre-match pose that rivaled Congo, and boy, did that piss Keno off. He felt like they were mocking him, but they weren't. I don't feel that they were. They just came in together and did this cool ninja-style pose as they prepared to wrestle this match, and that lit Keno on fire and caused a huge fight at the start of the match, which was great. It just it was a great way to, to start this fired-up matchup off. Ninja Mac was in a lot of this match because... To me, Marafuji and Pro Wrestling Noah wants to take an even better look at him. They realize that the fans have embraced him greatly. They realize that his style and his look really suit this company. I really, I'm glad that they announced after this matchup that Ninja Mac has signed a one-year Gaijin deal, meaning he will come back to Noah frequently for throughout a year. Um, here, it was a very solid matchup. Uh, Ninja Mac wins it with a Ninja Bomb on Tadasuke at about the 12-minute mark. Almost, it pushed almost 13 minutes, and it was just enjoyable. This was a very good six-man tag team matchup. Again, my boys from, from Congo struggling, struggling, greatly struggling. And they lose the matchup here, but it was to Noah's newest star by far. Ninja Mac's on his way to big things. Uh, Marafuji can't wait to have him back and says he wants to see him with a title. So, good things coming up in Pro Wrestling Noah from Ninja Mac, no doubt about it. Match 6 from Night 2 of Korokan Hall, May 5th, was a hoss fight, was a bull of the woods fight, as I like to call them, uh, mimicking Dusty Rhodes, if you will. Manabu Soya mm -hmm. taking on Michael Elgin. Now, this stemmed from the match from the night before, uh, where Elgin pinned Nakajima. And Manabusoya got in his face and they squared up. So here we had a singles matchup. And this was what you would expect. It was two big guys battering each other back and forth for about nine minutes. Now, I felt like Michael Elgin pretty much controlled this match. At one point, Michael, Michael Elgin press slammed Manabusoya. How can you not be impressed by something like that? I think from that point on... Manabu Soya wasn't the same. He knew he was being controlled by this guy, Gene. He knew that it was going to be a struggle to even compete against Michael Elgin, let alone defeat him. And the man, Michael Elgin, who has come into pro wrestling, Noah, like few others, he and Ninja Mac are the guy, Gene stars here, no doubt whatsoever. He gets the big win, hitting the Elgin bomb on Manabu Soya, just shy of the nine-minute mark. Excellent matchup. I can't wait to see Elgin and how far he goes. And Noah, I hope it's far. Uh, he just fits here. He works here. He is pro wrestling Noah. And this was a great matchup. One of my favorites of the night. Simple, but it's the kind of match I can really get into if done well. And this was done great.
Big win for Michael Alvin. Match seven, Simon Gotch and Stinger, that being Yoshinura, Ogawa, and Chris Ridgway. And what a team this is. I mean, Simon Gotch, Ogawa, and Ridgway. Brutal. Against Kaito Kiyomiya and the Noah Jr. regulars being Daisuke Harada and Junta Miyawaki. Now, that's a great team, too. Kiyomiya is awesome. Daisuke Harada is one of the greatest juniors in the world. And Miyawaki, you know, he's the weak link here. He, he's the young guy. And that's just a simple case of the truth. <laughs> um, Kiyomiya coming in looking good, looking strong with that big win over Ninja Mac. And you could tell he was motivated here. But I'm telling you, Gotch and Ogawa and Ridgeway are just on another. They, they just, I almost feel like you got to put Gotch in Stinger. I mean, he, he fits them extremely well. Uh fights like them and and this is a if i could hand pick a six-man team gotch ogawa and ridgeway would be a pretty damn good one and they were a pretty damn good one here getting the win now of course they focused on um miyawaki of course you're going to if you've got one of the best heavyweights in kiyomiya in there and one of the best juniors in there in harada you're going to focus on the on the younger guy and that's what happened miyawaki uh, loses as Chris Ridgeway hits him with a packaged German suplex holder at about the eight-minute mark. So it was a little bit of a short matchup, but it was very interesting and a fun matchup. Afterwards, Susumu and um, Yoshioka hits the ring and attack Ogawa and Ridgeway. I mean, good Lord, Ogawa took that buzzsaw kick so hard it knocked him out completely. I mean, it was just, this is no joke. Stinger is really, they treasure those junior belts so much that they're willing to just hurt each other over them. They're willing to do whatever. Simon Gotch tried to help his partners, but there's only so much he could do. And his partners got taken out, especially Ogawa. I mean, to see a man like Ogawa laying face first, flat on the canvas, out, was, was just mind-blowing. And I'm telling you, that's a hell of a thing to give um, Yoshioka and Susumu. To give him that kind of presence, to give him to say, hey, we're going to come in here and we're going to knock the, one of the biggest stars in the company out. That says you better take these guys serious as they challenge for these junior belts. And you need that because Ridgeway and Ogle was a hell of a team. And you can't help but ask yourself, who's going to beat these guys? Well, I'm telling you what, Pro Wrestling Noah is making it look like Susumu and um, Yoshioka are as legit as they come here. And this was almost more entertaining than the match. It was short. But boy, are they really feeding into this junior tag match coming up. And it's working wonders, in my opinion. Great stuff. Match 8 was a wonderful opportunity for a young guy like Yoshiki Inamura. Because Inamura was challenged by Satoshi Kojima. Now, Satoshi Kojima has new life as he comes into Pro Wrestling Noah. The top challenger to Go Giozoki's GHC heavyweight championship i mean kojima is being wasted in new japan he's just over there wrestling dad matches that nobody really carries cares about and here he comes in to show that he's, he says he's in his prime and he proves that here taking on a guy like yoshiki inamura inamura is no joke inamura is one of the toughest badass guys in all of pro wrestling and especially pro wrestling noah now, yes, he doesn't get a lot of wins at this point, but he's just a beast. He is just a monster. He he flips tractor tires as, as if they're, you know, nothing. Tosses them around like crazy. Is definitely unbelievably strong. And could definitely, if Kojima was to be believed, as he's been presented over the years as some softer dad who has to take it easy, 
Inamura could have easily broken him, hurt him, taken him out. That isn't what happened here. Kojima comes in here, nails his lariats, nails his power moves, goes one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a beast of a young guy like Inamura and shows that he is to be taken seriously. And, if, and he says he's thinking about Goji Ozaki 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the Goji Ozaki to, is going to have to think about him 48 hours. He's going to have to stay awake 48 hours straight focusing on Kojima to be able to overcome him because he says he's in his prime and that he's ready to go. And that's what I love about this. Kojima is in his prime. He says he shouldn't be on the downward spiral part of his career where he's taking it easy and getting simple little matches nobody cares about. He should be getting matches like this. And this is what pro wrestling Noah is great at, recognizing that these guys... The older guys are better than they're given credit for and can lead main events and not be stuck in opening matches and pointless matches. Now, Inamura doesn't really deserve that either, but he's got plenty of time to catch up to Kojima and become a star himself, and you will see that, and Kojima knows that, and that's why he challenged him in this matchup. About eight minutes long, like I said, Kojima gets the big win with his lariat and shows that he is legit as they come. The main event from... The second show from Korakuen Hall from Pro Wrestling Noah was Goji Ozaki teaming with Masato Tanaka, Masa Kitamiya, and Daiki Inaba as they took on the Segura Army, and that being Takashi Segura, Hideki Suzuki, Rene Dupree, and El Hijo del Do Dr. Wagner Jr., the new GHC Tag Team Champions. Now, I predicted in Mount Ararat Podcast Episode 12 that there might be some friction between the Segura Army team, because the night before they were wrestling each other for the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. And I believe I said I would apologize if that wasn't the case, so I apologize. There was no tension. There was no issues between these four at all. Uh, Segura, Suzuki, Dupree, and Wagner Jr. wrestled wonderfully. They looked good. I mean, we're talking the former tag champs and the new tag champs working together wonderfully. I mean, the Segura Army takes things seriously. They can challenge each other without being ridiculous the way Stinger is, attacking each other relentlessly, and come back and wrestle a great match against the GHC heavyweight champion and his partners Tanaka, Kitamiya, and Inaba. My favorite part of this was Masa Kitamiya got to be the star of this. Too often, Masa Kitamiya is seen as um, just the strong guy who's there to, to shake things off and, and bump chests and, and sort of be this tough guy. Here... He got to wrestle, and he got to look good doing it, and he got to look great against the current tag team champions to the point that he gets the win. He gets that prison lock on um, Dr. Wagner Jr., okay, the new one half of the new tag team champions, and makes him give up. I mean, he makes him submit, and, and he and Elgin are coming for those titles, and if you don't think they can win them, this was a uh, pure example that they absolutely could. Now, we had some more fun in this match. Uh, the, the Bullet Yankees faced off against each other. Tanaka and Segura really nailing each other. They sort of reminded me of Stinger guys going at it. Friends that actually challenge each other to a point where they could actually hurt one another. Um, they're telling each other to, to hit each other, to punch each other, screaming at each other. That was a very good part of this match. But again, my favorite part was the fact that Kitamiya, I think Kitamiya is underutilized. I think Kitamiya is a star. And you team him with someone like Elgin, and I, I don't want to jump into my um, previews way too ahead of time, but 
if Elgin and Kitamiya don't end up with these titles, but I felt the same way about Keno and um, Nakajima, and they didn't end up with them. So well, you never know in pro wrestling, Noah, what's going to happen, but I love this team. I, I love wrestlers like this, Kitamiya and Elgin, and I love that Kitamiya got to be the star and get the win here in a big way, and Elgin joined them afterwards, basically officially confronting the tag team champions and telling them they're coming after their titles. And we're going to see that match coming up on May 21st. And that's a huge card. May 21st is a gigantic card for Pro Wrestling Noah. And we'll be previewing that along with another one coming up right after this. All right, guys, it is time for the preview section of Mount Ararat Podcast. This week, we're taking a look at two shows. The first one is going to be the N Innovation Show from Saturday, May 14th. Uh, from Yokohama Radiant Hall. Let's run through these matches here. Take a look at them. The first one is going to be Junta Miyawaki taking on Kenya Okada. This is your typical opening match. Young guys um, really going at each other passionately to decide who can get a big win because wins are important to these guys. They don't get a lot of them. So when they face off against each other, they are extremely motivated to get the win because they need as many wins as they can get, and this is the best opportunity they have when they square off. Junta Miyawaki, Kenya Okada, always a toss-up. Kenya Okada, to me, is the better wrestler. That's just my opinion. Junta Miyawaki is the most passionate guy. Now, that he's a great wrestler, and passion plays a major role in professional wrestling, and that's why you will see Junta Miyawaki most likely win this. Um, I think Kenya Okada is the better wrestler. I think he's the bigger guy. I think he's the stronger guy. But Junta Miyawaki just has something that makes a little bit of a difference in professional wrestling, and that's why I would predict he will probably win this. Six-person tag team match. We've got the Congo Juniors Tadasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki taking on Asushi Kotogi, Hal, and Alejandro. Now, I'm telling you one thing. Hiroki needs to shake the dust off, get out there, get back to his former self, and show that he's not going to be continually blemished by that loss to Hal. I think he's going to do it here. I think we're going to see the, re the return of Hiroki. I think you're going to see him come back. I think you're going to see him snap out of this. Congo also needs a big win here. I know that Katogi, Howe, and Alejandro is as legitimate team as they come, as much as the Congo juniors are. But Congo needs to get on the ball. Hiroki especially needs to get on the ball. And I think both happen here, and the Congo juniors win this, with Hiroki maybe even pinning Howe in this matchup. I, I, I think it needs to happen. Tag team matchup next as Hayata teams with Kai Fujimura to take on Extreme Tiger and Yohei. Now, of course, you're going to see Fujimura as the weak link here, even though he's been having some great matches. His passion is up there as well. I really miss his him teaming with Alejandro. I wish we'd get a tag team match with those two here. Um, even if this would have been Alejandro and Kai against Extreme Tiger and Yohei, I think it would have been a little more engaging. Nothing against Hayata. Hayata is great. He's the new junior heavyweight champion, and, and, and he's been looking as, as good as he's ever looked. Uh, but here it's a little bit of a preview match, as Hayata will be against Extreme Tiger, the latest challenger for the GHC junior heavyweight tag team champion, the junior singles heavyweight champion. Um Extreme Tiger probably gets the win here. I don't know if they'll have him go over Hayata, probably over Fujimura, but I think your challenger gets the win here to look strong going into the singles match coming up down the line against Hayata. This match, I can't wait for. Chris Ridgway versus Seiki Yoshioka. 
Um, Seiki Yoshioka and Yuyu Susumu have been fighting against Ridgeway and Ogawa. They want those junior tag titles. This is a preview of that. Um, Ridgeway is part of the foundation. I've thrown that out there before, a group that I consider myself a part of in some, some ways, since John Gresham said that to me on Twitter. Um, I take that serious. Sorry, I, I love that group. And I miss them being a major part of wrestling. Ridgeway has brought everything he stands for and believes in when it comes to the foundation into Stinger. And he's going to take this match extremely serious, as is Yoshioka. Seiki Yoshioka has, in these attacks, has looked as good as he's ever looked, in my opinion. As strong, as tough, as mean-spirited. But this is going to be a big ask for him to beat Chris Ridgeway. I don't see it happening. But if it does... It's going to show me that, that Noah is really getting behind Yoshioka, and that wouldn't be a bad thing, but I expect Chris Ridgeway to win this. Interesting tag match here as Simon Gotch, who just recently teamed with Stinger, and I said I believe they fit together really well. Simon Gotch teaming with Ogawa to take on Kaito Kiyomiya and Yuya Susumu. Now, that's an interesting tag team. Um... Kaito is not in this mess, although he and Simon Gotch have had words and gotten in each other's face. So that was a single match I definitely want to see, Kiyomiya versus Gotch. And here we get to see them in a tag match, and Ogawa against Susumu is going to be as passionate as passionate can be. So this is going to be a fired-up, fiery, ridiculous, strong matchup. Um, very difficult to predict here, but I'm going to say Gotch and Ogawa beat Susumu and Kiyomiya. Yes, I am predicting both Ridgeway and Ogawa's matches to be victors for the tag champs when it might make more sense to say the challenger should get a win going into this. So I definitely could be wrong for that reason in and of itself. But Stinger just impresses me to a point that I can't get over the idea of Ogawa and Ridgeway losing. I, I just don't see that happening, even though I respect the hell out of Susumu and Yoshioka. And we know Kiyomiya is one of the best around and very doesn't lose matches very often, so this will be a good one. And finally, the main event, and honestly, I, I'm to the point where I don't really care about these Z-Brats anymore. I don't understand how they won their matchup against the Noah Jr. regulars. It sort of baffles me, and the man who's behind the booking of Noah is now gone, so maybe we'll see something different here. I mean, there's there's no doubt Daisuke Harada's winning this. He's the better wrestler. HYO is not in his league. Um, no, I don't watch him regularly. No, I don't watch Dragon Gate. But what I've seen of HYO, I just know that's just the truth. Daisuke Harada is one of the best juniors in the world. He gets a win here. I'm not saying it's an easy win, but he's not. he shouldn't overly struggle against HYO. And so I think Daisuke Harada wins the main event here handily to a point to show that this Noah Jr. is definitely better than this Dragon Gate Jr., beyond a shadow of a doubt. But that's my predictions on this show. It's kind of a small show, not a bunch of matches, not anything. Uh, Ridgeway and Yoshioka is the star of this show, in my opinion. Um, I love singles matches. Look, there's nothing wrong with these tag matches. They're going to be fun and solid and interesting. Congo bounces back, hopefully, to, to make me excited because Congo definitely needs wins. Uh, but And Harada against HYO, but I just think Harada's way better. So um, Ridgeway and Yoshioka, to me, is the chance to steal this show. We'll have to wait and see. That's coming up in just a few days, guys. Again, that is on Saturday, May 14th. That'll be here. It starts at 
17.30 in Japan time, if I'm correct. I think that's around 5.30 a.m. here on the East Coast Saturday morning. I will be at work and unable to watch this probably until Monday morning. But of course, I'll be covering on the next edition. I'll be reviewing this show on the next edition of Mount Ararat Podcast. Now let's move on to the next preview. All right, guys, up next, we're going to preview the Dream On show for Thursday, May 19th from Yokohama Radiant Hall. Let's take a look at that and run down my thoughts on it real quickly here. Show's going to kick off with Extreme Tiger teaming with Yohei against Hal and Alejandro. Interesting tag team here. Extreme Tiger and Yohei... I see them gelling extremely well. I see them working as a tag team better than Alejandro and Howe, even though Alejandro and Howe do work together on a regular basis. So maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense. But there's just my wrestling sense, my fandom, my my spidey tingle. <laughs> Says Extreme Tiger and Yohei are going to be an excellent tag team. And they're going to give Howe and Alejandro fits, even though they will work together well, of course, they're NOAA Junior regulars who eat, sleep, and train together. And I'm not talking myself out of it because I really think Extreme Tiger has come in here fired up and brings something special. And Yohei is always something special. And they'll get the win here over Howe and Alejandro in a good opening tag team matchup. Next match is going to be one of my favorites. I'm obviously a big fan of Michael Elgin. I've been following his career pretty much since it started. Um... Taking on Rene Dupree, one half of the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. This will be two Bull of the Woods, two strong men going on at each other. But Michael Elgin has something special. I think coming into Noah has lit a fire under Michael Elgin that can't be matched. It just can't. I mean, his life circumstances, the fact that the man contemplated suicide just not that long ago, the fact that the man has been ridden into the ground by people in this country that are just ridiculous blue-haired weirdos and he's getting to go to Noah, his favorite company in the world i can relate to that greatly um and i just think he's inspired and nothing against renee dupree he stormed into noah with his partner wagner jr and instantly won the tag titles back against his fellow faction members in the segura army takashi segura and um, Hideki Suzuki. So that's nothing to sneeze at, and that's highly impressive as well. But I just think it's very, very hard to be as motivated and driven as Michael Elgin is right now. And that in and of itself is going to give the win here to Michael Elgin in uh, a very solid match. I don't see it being super long. I'm not saying it's going to be any type of squash in any way. But I think these guys will go at each other hard and fast, and the match won't, will probably be under 10 minutes, and Michael Elgin should get the win, in my opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Again, apologize. Tan Man Tag Team Matchup. Just insanity. But we've got my boys from Congo. We've got Keno. we got Katsuhiku Nakajima. we got Tadasuke. we got Hajime Ohara. We've got Hiro Hiroki. And they're taking on Daisuke Harada, Atsushi Katogi, Yoshiki Inamura, Junta Miyawaki, and Kenya Okada. Again, Congo needs wins, wins, wins. And the last show I predicted they get a, they get a good one. I predicted that Hiroki is on the ball, that he's breaking out of his doldrums and he's going to come around. <coughs> Excuse me. Congo's going to continue that. Congo's going to get the win here. I, I just I, they're going to take out Miyawaki or Okada in a very good matchup. But there's no way that Congo continues 
to be held down. I really think they start getting their wins back. I think Nakajima is going to take somebody out here again. I think Nakajima is going to prove that he's not going to be swept under a rug, that he's not going to be forgotten, that he's not going to be pushed down the card. And in an excellent matchup, I think Congo wins it when um, Nakajima gets the win. Still waiting on this one. The next matchup, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Simon Gotch. This this could be the main event, guys. I mean, this is going to be amazing. This is probably, I mean, I just said that Michael Elgin's probably going to be my favorite match, but this is going to be up there as well. Simon Gotch, again, fits perfectly in Noah, comes over on fire. Don't love the haircut, but everything else about him is perfect for pro wrestling Noah. Kiyomiya is ridiculously difficult to beat. He doesn't lose many matches. He just took Goji Ozaki to the limit for that GHC Heavyweight Championship and looked incredible as he's ever looked in a loss. Um, so I think Kaito Kiyomiya gets the win here. I think he gets a big win over Simon Gotch. I think it's going to be tough. I think he's going to have to work as hard as he's ever worked. And it's going to be a giant win for Kiyomiya in a wonderful, wonderful match. Next up is a six-man matchup. We got Hayata teaming with Ogawa and Chris Ridgway. So we got Stinger there taking on Stinger, Seiki Yoshioka, Yuyu Susumu, and their partner, Kai Fujimura. Kai Fujimura better come strapped in, strapped down, ready to go, because this is going to be as heated as it comes here. We got Hayata, who Susumu and Yoshioka have tried to claim Hayata is on their side. That Hayata is teaming with them, or rooting for them, or what have you, in their battle against Ogawa and Ridgeway for the junior heavyweight tag titles. And we're going to see if that's reflected here or not. And Fujimura is the weak link in Yoshioka and Susumu here. Uh, he's going to get singled out and beaten up by Ogawa and Ridgeway. It's all going to come down to what Hayata does. If Hayata stands with his team, if he stands with Ogawa and Ridgeway, they get the win here. Um, if he doesn't, Yoshioka and Susumu get a big win in a preview of their upcoming match against the tag champions. It's going to Hayata's the key here. Hayata's the key. Single matchup, the other half of the GHC heavyweight tag team champions, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, against Masa Kitamiya. Masa Kitamiya has already made Wagner Jr. tap out to the prison lock in one of the last shows in a, in a multi-man matchup. There's no reason he couldn't do it again. I suspect he will do it again. I think Masa Kitamiya gets the win in this preview matchup for the Tag Team Championship. And finally, the main event of this show is Goji Ozaki teaming with Daiki Inaba against Satoshi Kojima and Naomichi Marafuji. Now again, this is two singles matchup focused in a tag team match, meaning Kojima and Giozaki. Kojima already has a win in a tag team matchup over Giozaki, hit him with his lariat, pinned him one, two, three. Inaba and Marafuji are just, they're going to be facing each other for the rest of their careers at this point, I think. They have magic. They have something special. Whenever they fight, it's a kind of thing. I don't want to say fight forever because it's one of the corniest slogans and cheers in all of wrestling. But it's something you want to see multiple rematches. It's, it's something you don't get tired of. Watching Marafuji and Inaba fight each other is something that if it's on the card, you're never going to complain about it, and you know it's always going to be great, and it will be here. Um, I think Shiozaki and Inaba probably win this because Kojima already got the victory over Shiozaki. Um, here, I think Shiozaki maybe pins Marafuji. I don't know. This is a very tough call. Um 
If, G- if Kojima wins again, boy, that's going to be a strong message to pay close attention, not that you shouldn't anyway, to Kojima versus Iozaki versus coming up in this Cyber Fight Festival um, that I really have not much interest in because I don't care about DDT at all. Guys, I'm just... Laying it out there, I'm, I'm, I'm not super into this cyber fight thing because I just love the Noah guys, but don't care if I ever see these DDT guys unless they're coming into Noah, but I digress. Here, I'm going to say Shiozaki and Inaba win this one way or another because I just would be shocked if Kojima gets another victory over Shiozaki, but wouldn't blow my mind if that happens. But this is a great show. Uh, I think it's highlighted by, highlighted by the singles matches. Elgin versus Dupree. Kiyomiya versus Gotch, Wagner Jr. versus Kitamiya. Uh, now, the other matches are great and fine, and previews, and, and the Stinger match, of course, is going to be great, because Stinger's is great, but I love singles matches more than anything, and I think this has three great ones on this card. Again, we're talking about Dream On 2022 coming to us on May 19th from Yokohama Radiant Hall. You want to check that show out, of course, on the next podcast, we will be reviewing this show and laying it all out there again. I apologize, guys, that I'm still slightly under the weather. I'm still coughing to a degree. You can probably still hear it in my voice that that I'm not 100%. And I know this show isn't my best because of my my physical condition. Um, Next up is the Noah News. To wrap up this week's Mount Ararat podcast, I, I appreciate your support, and I'll be back to form soon. I promise you that. We'll be back with the news. Welcome to the Noah News, the final segment of this week's episode of Mount Ararat Podcast number 13. Let's jump right into this. We're at Hisami's Noah's Archive, always found at puroprogramstranslations.blogspot.com. That link is always in the description of these videos all the time. Uh, Hisami does amazing work. All of us appreciate her. And Noah would be harder to follow. Without this, no doubt about it. But let's jump in to the NOAA Weekly Newsletter, Volume 171, for the week of May 8, 2022. Starts off, Paris Del Mal de Hopon leave NOAA. After himself, Kotoro Suzuki and Eita won the Triangle Gate Tag Team Championships on May 5th. Nosawa announced backstage at Dragon Gate that his contract with NOAA had expired and he thanked them for everything. Soon after this, Noah removed his profile and the profiles of Eita, Kotoro Suzuki, Super Crazy, and even Takano Jr. from the Noah roster page and took down all of their merchandise as if to further hammer home the fact that they all to help hammer home the fact they also released a new correlation chart of all the units, title holders, and their challengers. Nowhere to be found was Paris Demol. Rumors have been flying around as to who will be the new booker, with some gossip saying it will be Kendo Cashin, but nothing has been said for certain as to who or whom may take over, or probably already has, as Nosawa would have left Noah know weeks ago that he wasn't staying on. Kotoro Suzuki leaving is a shame because this leaves unresolved issues behind with Yuyu Susuma and Yoshinori Ogawa, but hopefully he will be back someday soon. Yes, Kotoro Suzuki... One of the hardest losses to take in this group, but hopefully he can do some freelance work and come back in and keep working with Noah over time. 
We've got the discussion of Stinger versus Stinger that we've been talking about on this show in the in the reviews and the previews. Plans were naturally changed with the departure of Peros Damal, and so the challenge to the GHC Junior tag belts held by Ogawa and Ridgeway aren't coming from Takano Jr. and Super Crazy, but from within Stinger themselves. At Kurikan Hall on Wednesday, May 4th, Yuyu Susumu and Seiki Yoshioka knocked down Ridgeway and Ogawa as Hayata watched from the corner, and then stood over them with the belts. Susumu told his fallen comrades that they lost the belts through no fault of their own. On a side note, Yoshioka was injured, and they had to forfeit the belt some time back. And there was no rule that said the same unit could not challenge. They were coming to take them back. Then he and Yoshioka left with Hayata. Backstage, the three were attacked by an irate Ridgeway and Ogawa, who left them on the floor. Susumu and Yoshioka struck again the next day after the three-man tag of Ogawa, Gotch, and Ridgeway, with Yoshioka kicking Ogawa in the head and making him crumple to the mat. The pair vowed that they would wear them down like this. Hayata is stuck in the middle of the situation. It's true Ogawa did kind of force him to take sides, but Hayata did originally choose to leave with his old friends. Things will be revealed, hopefully, as to where he stands on the 19th of May when Hayata teams with Ridgeway and Ogawa against Yoshioka, Susumu, and Fujimura. Yoshioka and Susumu are confidently saying that Hayata will be on their side. Hayata, however, has other problems. So, as, as I said in the last preview segment of that show that the, that Haisami points out here, it's re- a lot of this is really going to come down to what Hayata does. I, emotionally, it's going to matter. Sentimentally, it's going to matter. Physically, it's going to matter. So keep your eye on Hayata. But he does have other things to focus on, and that is Extreme Tiger challenged Hayata for the for his title at Currican Hall on May 5th by standing on the turnbuckle after the match and staring at him, making belt motions. Hayata turned around and got in the ring, held up the belt, and Extreme Tiger said that the prey was Hayata and the target was the belt, which he would take back to Tijuana. Hayata surprisingly commented backstage and alone, if things were not old enough, and said he would defend this belt anywhere, anytime. So we got the big challenge there for the junior title coming up. Ninja Mac to return in July on an exclusive contract. Ninja Mac will return to NOAA throughout 2022 and 2023 on a one-year exclusive contract as a foreign talent. This will not affect any of his domestic bookings or other bookings abroad, but what it does mean is that when Ninja Mac works in Japan, it can only be for pro wrestling NOAA. Marafuji said that Ninja Mac will return to NOAA in July, and he hopes to see him with a belt before long. He also said he considers him part of the Noah family, which is huge accolades. I mean, for Marafuji to call Ninja Mac a member of the Noah family, that's it's not just a slogan, it's not just a cute saying, it's a big deal. No, um, Ninja Mac has really endeared himself to the Noah fans, the Noah office, the, all the boys really did a great job and is considered part of the family now. Big deal, really big deal. King Tani advocates and will become Shuhi Tanaguchi again. Funky Express' dismissal record of wins and achievements finally caught up with the unit when they were destroyed by Kongo's Katsuhiku Nakajima and Hiroki on Kurikan Hall on the 5th of May. Wrestling fans know that when two wrestlers of the same unit stay in the ring to talk after a match that there's something going on. In this case, it was King Tani and Muhammad Yone who were having words and Yone left first. Backstage, Tani thanked Yone for everything and said he was quitting Funky Express and King Tani and going back to his old name. 
Yone bore no ill will, but it remains to be seen what will happen between Yone and Akatoshi Saito. Will those two carry on the Funky Express, or is the Funky Express over as King Tani leaves? Los Mexicanas are challenged for the belts the day after winning them. Los Mexicanas Rene Dupree and El Hijo de Del Dr. Wagner Jr. took back the tag belts they had to vacate due to the coronavirus pandemic by defeating Hideki Suzuki and Takashi Zagura on the 4th of May at Currican Hall. Hideki Suzuki knew they won fair and square, and so he congratulated them on their win. Takashi Zagura, I think, was relieved to be out of the spotlight for now. He's not even posted on social media yet since his horrible incident with uh, Sinjo Otani's accident and like his partner, shook hands with the new champions. They were challenged the, ne the next day by the new tag team of Masakitamiya and Michael Elgin. This happened at Noah's last event, Thursday, May 5th, after Masakitamiya made El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. tap to the prison lock. That's an important point, okay? We haven't discussed this much, where um, unfortunately in a match with Wrestle 1 um, or 0 Wrestle in a match that Segura had, with um let's jump back here and find this here uh there it is shinjiro otani okay the the junior legend in japan was injured in a match with segura and that could have led to a distraction i don't think i even thought of that which is my bad and my fault for not even bringing that up um he was pinned in this match, Segura was, and Hisami points out there he might actually be relieved to be out of the spotlight a little bit after that that horrible accident that he had with Otani, and that's that is something to think about. It does make you feel bad for Segura, and that may likely be why the titles changed hands. Just sad altogether. Um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry guys, still trying to get through this. Um, but we have new tag team champions. They were instantly challenged by Kitamiya and Elgin, which should be a great matchup coming up for those tag belts. The Noah Jr. Twitter Spaces. With the success of Twitter Space used by the Noah Jr. regulars, Daisuke Harada sent out feelers to fans asking him if they wanted to do another one. Fan response was so positive that the Noah Jr. regulars will hold another one on the 10th of May at 8 p.m. So that's over. That was uh, yesterday. It's the 11th as I record this now. It's just a Twitter space where they get together and answer questions and have a good time and laugh. And uh, you want to check those out when you get a chance for Pro Wrestling Noah and, and the juniors. Event recaps. This is just Hisami telling you what she has available on the site. She has recap Dream On 2022 from Currican Hall on May 4th and May 5th. And she has also posted the backstage interviews interpreted into English from those shows as well. Elsewhere in Noah News. In his latest column, Keno said that he wants a singles match with a stipulation against Sanshiro Takagi. And uh, this is a DDT guy that I don't know at all. The stipulation is that if Keno loses, which he says he won't, then he stops using the name Keno. But if Sanshiro Takagi loses, then he is banished from wrestling. Keno says that this is not a retirement match as Takagi cannot be considered a wrestler. I don't know what's up with that. I, he's putting the name Keno on the line against this DDT guy. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that. Muhammad Yone said that if King that King Tani's wife did indeed divorce him. Well, that's sad news. King Tani's wife has divorced him. Um, does that lead him to quit the Funky Express and want to go back to a more brutal monster type gimmick? 
Maybe. Hayata is being far more vocal than usual recently, but yet went back to hiding behind the GHC junior heavyweight when Stinger posed for an ultra-rare group picture. So she's saying Harry Hayata has been more vocal. He's been running his mouth a little more than he normally does. But when they pose for that infamous group picture, um, Hayata sort of held the title in front of his face. The Spanish word cabrón has entered Noah via the luchadors, with Tadasuke and Masakitamiya picking it up. And I think it means bastard? I'm not sure, I think. Satoshi Kojima has, was highly praised, highly praised Yoshiki Inamura. And th this is a theme. When these guys, many of these guys face Inamura, they come away saying how great he is, almost every time. And this was Kojima doing the same here, saying that he feels that Inamura will become a person of importance in supporting wrestling in the future. He cannot believe that both himself and Kenya Okada are at the stage they're at and don't have a long, and hasn't, they haven't even had a long career yet. So, Kojima having faced these guys, Inamura and Okada, putting them over big time, saying they are the future, they're going to be a big deal, and he can't believe how far along they are already in their short careers. So that's pretty big. Simon Gotch and Kaito Kiyomiya are developing a rivalry, with Kiyomiya saying that Gotch has awakened his Canadian training. Kiyomiya did his, um, what do they call it, whenever they leave the country for a while. Uh, he did that time in Canada. Um... A lot of the guys go to America or they'll go to Mexico. And Kiyomiya actually went to Canada and wrestled there. So his excursion is what they call it. And Simon Gotch is reminding of his time in Canada. It seems as Gotch is affiliated with Stinger as well as Kaito Kiyomiya. Gotch's sights remain on Masukatsu, Masukatsu Funaki. So Gotch coming in, stepping it up big time. Affiliating himself with Stinger and wrestling guys like Kiyomiya and Funaki. No joke there. Fujita Jr. Hayato has returned to Michinuku Pro Ring. I don't know. In an interview done in January 2022, he spoke of his desire to face his old enemy, Keno. Keno backed this up. Nothing has been announced as of yet, but now that Hayato is back there, there's a possibility of this happening. I don't know who Fujita Jr. Hayato... I have no idea what that's about. I apologize. I Read it for what it is. Playful Old Man Machine number one and Playful Old Man Machine number two were warned by Keno to never, ever darken the ring with when Congo are in it ever, ever again. Congo are aiming for the top and do not have time for this foolishness, which involves swapping places, ambushing Congo, and trying to throw them off the Kurokan Hall balcony. Good. I hope they never have anything to do with each other again. Playful Old Man Machine one and two are not my kind of thing either. Kendo Cashin and, and Sakuraba. Okay, Satoshi Kojima won the first round of the GHC heavyweight pre-matches by pinning Go Shiozaki. Shiozaki has made no comment, but Kojima says that his spirit and his heart are in his heyday, even if his body is not. One day, he would like to face Muto in a singles match. That would be interesting. Yohei Ninjamak and Naomichi Marafuji semi-imitated the Congo pose at Ninjamak's last match in Noah before he returns in July. Keno, of course, started yelling loudly at them. <clears throat> yeah, he didn't like that. I thought the pose was cool. And I'm a, I'm a Congo fan. Kazuyuki Fujita will return to Noah on the 21st of May. He will face Kenya Okada in the opening match. So I'm sure that breaks a lot of hearts. A lot of you out there can't stand Fujita. I know that. I don't have a problem with him. 
I think that Fujita needs to get a GHC heavyweight title shot against Goji Ozaki as soon as possible. Give him this warm-up match, maybe one or other one, and get him in the ring with Ozaki and get that settled. Quickly. Current champions, the GHC heavyweight champion, Goji Ozaki, his number one challenger right now is Satoshi Kojima. The GHC junior champion, Hayata, his number one challenger is Extreme Tiger. GHC heavyweight tag team champions are Los Mexicanos, Rene Dupree and El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. Their challengers are Masaka Tamiya and Michael Elgin. The GHC junior tag team champions, Stinger, Chris Ridgway and Yoshinira Ogawa. Their challengers are Stingers, Sieki Yoshioka and Yuyu Sumu. The GHC national champion is Masakatsu Funaki. No challenger at the moment. I mean, this guy has a hard time getting challengers because he's ridiculously difficult to beat. And I get a kick out of um, week after week the newsletter telling us that there is no current challenger for this title. That There eventually is one. One steps up eventually, but usually just to get their ass beat. <laughs> Masukatsu Funaki is no joke. This week in NOAA on the May schedule, all cards for Cyber Festival 2022 will be announced on the 10th of May. That's yesterday. The card is out there. I'll make a separate video later and give you my thoughts on this Cyber, this cyber Festival. Okay? Uh, innovation on May 14th. We previewed that. And she thanks Metal Noah for his help in this newsletter and the gift she's taken from Wrestle Universe. But there's the weekly news. Again, thank you for sticking with me. And I'm still coughing and still just not feeling it. And I'm sure not presenting anything with as much as your passion as I typically do. And I apologize. But thank you for sticking it out and enduring this week's Mount Ararat podcast. We will be back next week with episode 14. I'm Adam Lavelle of the NOAA Network. Please follow me on Twitter. Please subscribe to me here on YouTube. Click the subscribe button, please. Follow me on TikTok. Check out Noah Saves the Wrestling World on Facebook and just give all your support to Pro Wrestling Noah. And you can find all the links to everything we talk about here at WrestlingDoneRight.com. I'll see you again next week. Oh, yeah.
蹴り飛ばすぜ希望で痛くてもがいてうなってそれでも戦うのはパカタメ出会って守って誓って一人じゃ持てない力を知った息苦しい時代でも